The following podcast contains true stories of sex, kink, gender, or body image. Thanks for being a consenting adult, because here we go. All of my life, I've never fit, but I won't complain and I won't quit. I am enormous, get used to it. Everyone tells me I'm too much. Maybe it's just you're not enough for me Can't you see? I'm the kind of woman I'm supposed to be Hi there, and welcome to the Body Storytelling Podcast. I'm sexual folklorist Dixie Delatour, and this week we have a story from writer and performer and non-binary queer switch, Leland Karina. How's your week going? I'm trying to take a new tack at things. I have been doing what I do for a very long time, and I'm trying to figure out a new way because uh, live events are really hard podcasting is a different way of doing things and i went to podcast movement about a month ago and learned a lot about how to be better at what i'm doing and i'm trying to figure out how to incorporate that new knowledge and i'm trying to get you to tell me what you'd like more of and it's very hard to get people to communicate with you when they have earbuds on and they're listening that's an opportunity for you to write me and tell me what you want. That's what that was. But I did my Folsom show last week. And many people, when I posted it, that it would be my last Folsom body storytelling. I got about, I don't know, 20 messages, emails, Facebook messages, wanting to know why it was the last Folsom show. Why? And I would say... <laughs> Are you going to be there? Well, no, but why is it the last one? Well, that's why. Um, I can't keep doing this if it's not working. I need to learn. <laughs> I need to stop doing things that aren't working. You know, I've been doing Folsom for a very long time. It's the hardest show I put together. Everyone wants to party. It's very hard to get performers for it. Felt like I was rowing a boat that had way too many holes in it. Performers kept falling out for many reasons. They were valid reasons, but it's hard to find people to fill those holes in the boat because everybody swamped with performance and manning booths at the fair and so many other things. So it was impossible to fill the lineup and it felt impossible to fill the theater. It was impossible to fill that audience at the show. And I'm talking to so many other people producing live events who are telling me the same thing. They're just telling me that people aren't showing up for live events the way they used to. And, you know, we had, I mean, I wanna be honest with you because that's why I'm a storyteller. I just wanna be honest. I'm a terrible liar. I don't like to lie and I'm not good at lying. So 
I'm just going to be honest, it was a mediocre house. And when I talked about, you know, the fact that this was not the turnout I was hoping for, one of the people in the show said, yeah, well, you know, you're never going to be, you know, a big deal in your own hometown. You might pack a house in another city, but you're not going to pack a house in the city you live in. Well, I used to, (laughs) but I'm not anymore. Not in the last few years. So something's going to change. So that means I got to figure something out, right? So I just wanted to put something out there. I'm really thinking that 2023 is going to be a lot more travel and a lot more shows on the road. As part of that, you've heard me mention that I'm going to be doing a show in Seattle on October 15th. I've decided that, well, I'm really excited about this part. I was talking to a few of my team members, my uh, main team member, Crystal, who is the hardest working team member I have. And my person who usually runs my door, who is an incredible tech person, Ty. Ty has agreed to come on a road trip with me, which I'm excited about. Ty has said no for most of the time I've been doing body. For the first time, Ty said yes, blew me away. And I said, great, we're gonna get a van. We're gonna go on the road. So we are driving to Seattle. So I said, why don't we maybe just go through Portland and maybe do a meetup in Portland, check it out, see if there's an audience for body in Portland. So I'm considering doing a Portland meetup. And if you're in Portland and you're interested, why don't you email me or why don't you message me and let me know if you're interested in that. If there's enough people who are interested, I'll stop in Portland and I'll do a gathering. I did do one before the pandemic, didn't even have a show scheduled there. I was just coming through town because I was teaching at Sex Geek Summer Camp and I had, you know, a substantial number of people show up just to hang out and talk and discuss stories and discuss their kinky lives and it was great to meet the community up there because I love meeting people so if you're in the Portland area and you'd like to know details let me know and I'll see if I can put something together how about that I'm going to start doing things that feel like all signs point to yes that's what I want to start doing so Body storytelling at Gmail. Send me a message. And maybe I'll start doing more things like this. I'm tired of guessing whether people want me there. I want people to give me indicators that are like, yes, we want body here. And if you make the time to come out and discuss what you like, that you listen to the podcast, that you want to hang out, that you'd love to see the show, that you can give me pointers to maybe, you know, places you like to see shows or, you know, the kind of stories you like or a little bit about your community. That will give me a better idea of a city I don't know. Y'all know your city. I don't. 
And there might be other places along the way. You know, Portland, Seattle. There's a lot of area between San Francisco and Seattle. So just putting it out there. If I don't get any response, I'll assume that's probably a no. I'm just looking for the indicators. Um, I'm the sort of person who believes in signs. So let's see. Send me a sign. Thanks. Taking time for self-care and treating yourself well is so important. And I'm going to share a secret. One of my favorite ways to take care of my body is with UberLube. UberLube is a luxurious, high-grade silicone lubricant made from clean, body-safe ingredients. It's great for all kinds of play, vaginal, oral, or anal, and thousands of doctors recommend UberLube for its simple ingredient list. Lube is the key to maximizing pleasure, whether alone or with a partner. Ideally, Lube enhances touch and doesn't overpower it. UberLube offers just the right amount of slip while still allowing for skin-on-skin sensation. UberLube offers long-lasting performance when you want it, then it quickly dissipates without leaving a sticky residue. It cleans up easily, and there's no flavor or scent. And right now, they're offering Body Storytelling listeners a special offer. 10% off and free shipping when you use my code D-I-X-I-E at uberlube.com. If you're going to add to your magic moments, you want to make sure it's done with the highest quality, most body-safe ingredients. Remember, 10% off and free shipping. Just use the code Dixie at uberlube.com. And when it comes to lubrication, nothing beats it. Uberlube, it lets you feel what you want to feel. I'm thrilled to say that Body is coming back to Seattle. And this show is probably going to sell out. So you need to get your tickets as soon as possible. If you're anywhere near Seattle, Come on up from Portland. Lots of people are doing it. It's the only chance you're going to get to see Body because it's been nearly three years. So Saturday, October 15th, don't be left behind. Get your tickets as soon as possible. There's a link in the show notes. I'll announce the final lineup next week. But oh my God, this is the first time Canadian Chanteuse Shirley Gnome is going to be appearing in the United States. We're her U.S. debut since lockdown. You do not want to miss Shirley. She is incredible. And (laughs) it's going to be such a reunion, such a celebration, such a great show. Don't miss it. Let me tell you about this week's storyteller. Leyland Karina is a Bay Area artist writer, performer, and teacher. She first came into leather over a decade ago in San Francisco. She has authored an extensive number of articles that have been published in Leatherati.com, PQ Monthly, Salacious Magazine, Kink.com, and more. Her photography has been shown at the Mark I. Chester Gallery, in SF Weekly, and in countless sexy PR campaigns. She has modeled for Folsom Street Fair, the Portland Dykes on Bikes, graced the cover of the SFB Guardian, and has been a bondage and fetish model for many photographers. She was named Leather Marshal of the SF Pride Parade in 2012 and Ms. Oregon State Leather in 2018. Leland identifies as a non-binary queer switch and she, her, or they, them pronouns work. 
She's a femme daddy and a power bottom who deeply enjoys DS dynamics and hard play. In her spare time, she enjoys designing and creating her own latex outfits, beekeeping, and indulging her fetish for collecting plants. This storyteller is Leland Karina. I used to write for a website called leatherati.com. We covered stories in the leather and kink and BDSM community all over the United States, and we even had correspondence in Europe. It was a great thing to do. So about eight years ago, I had the opportunity to write a story about a group of girls that were calling themselves the Gangbang Girls. I didn't know very much about it, but I thought, well, I really hope that they are what they sound like, because that sounds fantastic. So I happened to know one person that was already involved in the group, and her name that she went by was Sarge. Uh, she was a tall woman, beach bl bleach blonde hair. She always padded up, kind of like genderqueer. I thought she was super hot, actually. So it was really fun for me to reach out to her and say, hey, Sarge, I heard that you have a group that you're involved in called the Gangbang Girls. Can I do an interview with you and maybe some of the other girls and tell the world about it? She was so excited. So I got connected with her, with two other girls, and I had all the questions. Like, how did your group form? What is it that you do? How do you keep people safe and happy? What is it about? Tell me everything. So I learned that they had gotten together at a... a event called Folsom Fringe in San Jose, if anybody's heard of it. And they gangbanged a woman there and had so much fun that they thought, you know, we should keep doing this. And they really wanted to fulfill women's fantasies of being gangbanged, of course, always in a consensual way. I'm only using that term in a consensual way. So they put together the group and they came up with some rules. First of all, any girl who wanted to be a member of the group had to be banged in. Um, after they had been banged in and they got to know the other girls and it was a good fit for all the reasons, they could get a number and become another member of the club and then they could be somebody who actually performed the top side of it. So that was kind of the basic structure. By the time that I interviewed them, it was about a year after they had formed and they had nine members. Um, they definitely, definitely, definitely focused on negotiation and consent. I mean, you really could not do this sort of thing without focusing on that. And um, they would ask the bottom, you know, you can do anything from a celebratory, fun gangbang that's in private to something more sensual and cathartic, or you could have like a really intense military style role play takedown that's a surprise in a public dungeon. So there was this whole spectrum of opportunity that they were offering. Um, let's see, what else did they say about their club? They had done a whole bunch of gangbangs already. They had their whole strategy down. They let the bottom decide what size cock they wanted because if anybody has ever received penetrative sex, you know that a cock that is too big cannot be a good time. So that was really important. And basically it seemed like they just really like had a great strategy and they had it really figured out. So I was excited to write the article and I put it out there, got really good feedback from the community. Everybody was so excited that this even existed, right? So fast forward a couple of months, I was planning to go to an event called International Ms. Leather and Ms. Boot Black. Yeah, fun event if you've ever been or if you ever a chance, you should go. And I knew that the gangbang girls were going to be there. 
So I asked my boy, which is spelled B-O-I, which is a term that we used for a masculine, female-bodied submissive that I had, if she would want to participate in a gangbang with me, potentially. And she was nervous, but she said, yeah, why don't you talk to them and see if we could do that? So I contacted Sarge again, and I said, I remember something in the article about how people could beg to be victims. And Sarge was like, oh my god, Leland, we would love to gangbang you. <laughs> So she talked to the other girls and they were all into it too. And so then we got to negotiate. So I had actually been a bottom in a gangbang before and I had been a top in a few gangbangs before. So I was maybe what you would call seasoned with the gangbang situation. But <laughs> my boy had, had never even seen a gangbang. So she was a lot more nervous. And because of that, I negotiated a more, possibly a more tame scene than I might have done just for myself, but also something that was exciting for me. So the things that we asked for is that we wanted to do it in private. So we were going to provide the space in our hotel room. And we wanted it to be celebratory. I didn't want to bring any like role play or anything intimidating into it. I just wanted it to be fun for everybody. And then um, since we had a power dynamic in our relationship, I really wanted to include that in the gangbang. So in our relationship, she had a rule that whenever she orgasmed, she asked me for permission before she was able to orgasm. So I said, I know like different people will be fucking us, but can I still be in control of her orgasms? And Sarge was like, that's great, that'll be fun. So um, we also wanted a way to kind of have intimacy for the two of us and a connection. So we decided that we would be on opposite ends of the bed with our you know, parts facing opposite directions, but that our faces would be in the middle so that we could kiss while we were getting gangbanged. Like, how romantic, right? <laughs> Um, I also asked for myself, it's a lot easier for me to receive a lot of penetration if my wrists and my hands are tied in some way. So I asked for that and she was like, no problem. And then the, the last thing was that, um, you know, Andy, my boy, she couldn't take like a huge cock because she wasn't that used to taking penetration. She liked it. It just wasn't like her everyday thing. Whereas, you know, when Sarge asked me, well, what size cock do you want? I mean, I know that you're not really supposed to brag during a negotiation, but if I'm being honest, what I said was, oh, I can take a really large cock. <laughs> and Sarge was like, great. <laughs> so the negotiation was over and we kind of like waited around, like made our plans for IMSL, which is the abbreviation of International Ms. Leather Weekend. And, um, you know, we went, and Andy had never even been to such an event, and, you know, if you could see her, I have to pause and say, like, she is, like, the cutest boy, because she looks so innocent and so scared of everything, like, all the time, even though she was doing all this fun stuff with me in the kink and leather community. So, uh, just think of, like, a combination between a young Prince Harry and a Cupid doll, and you pretty much know what she looked like. So... <laughs> We're going around International Ms. Leather, and I'm showing her the boot blacks, and I'm showing her, like, introducing me to her, her, my friend, her to my friends, and, like, we're going to classes that my friends are teaching, and we're having a great time, and the whole time I can tell she's, like, kind of anxious about that gangbang thing that's going to happen, and I'm like, don't worry, it's going to be fine, you know, it'll be fun, and I was, like, seeing some of the girls around, I had seen a picture of them, even though I hadn't met them in person, and, you know, I 
didn't really go up and introduce myself because I kind of wanted to avoid the whole thing of like, hi, my name's Leland. You're going to gangbang me tomorrow. I thought maybe, like, maybe not have that social interaction. Anyways, <laughs> the day of the gangbang comes around and we're in our hotel room and we're like, I guess we should set up. Like, how do you get a hotel room ready for a gangbang? But we kind of put all of our personal objects away and we took the bedding off the beds. We just had the flat sheet and we're sitting there and Andy's like you know I'm really nervous like I'm not sure how this is gonna go I don't know these people what if it's not fun and I told her you know well just remember like as the bottom you have control if you're not comfortable you can tap out if you don't want to be part of it you can choose your own adventure like nobody's gonna force you to do anything you don't want to do so that was a good conversation to just kind of like get her like feeling in a better place for what was about to happen and then she was like, you know, I don't know if I want to take all my clothes off. Like, I feel like it might be kind of vulnerable to be only two naked people in a whole room of people who might be wearing clothes. And I, she was like, maybe I'll leave my shirt on. And I was like, oh, yeah, we could totally Donald Duck it. Because I worked in porn, so we have, like, phrases for that kind of thing. Um, <laughs> I was like, maybe I'll just pull up my dress and I'll just, like, give them access to what they need access to. So we were, like, discussing these things while we were waiting for the gangbang to come and happen to us. So there's a knock at the door, like a really confident, loud knock. And that's one of the things I loved about Sarge is that she's a very confident person. And so I go over and I open the door and all this energy just comes into the room. There's Sarge. She's like looking like she owns the world. She's got like a military bolero and like a little skirt and her big boots. And I'm just like, oh, hi. And then the other girls start coming in. There's this girl with adorable curly blonde pigtails. And there's a girl behind her with long brown hair and dark sultry eyes. And other than Sarge, most of the girls were very feminine. And I would tell you, like, usually I'm into more masculine presenting women, but there's something about a feminine woman with a cock that I'm like, yeah, that's hot. So... All of the girls that were going to be doing the fucking went into the bathroom and they got into their like fucking clothes as you do and they put their cocks on and their strap, you know, their strap on cocks on and a bunch of other people came into the room too. There were people with the lube, there were people with Hitachis, there were people with puppy pads and they just came into the room and transformed it into like, you know, what you would want for a gangbang and Andy and I were like, wow, like they've really got this down. <laughs> so Sarge comes back in and I'm trying not to look, but like, you know, there's like this big cock flapping between her legs and I'm like, whoa. And so she's like, so um, this is Jay. She's going to be fucking Andy because she fucks really hard. So she's only allowed to wear a small cock. And we're like, oh yeah, that makes sense. And then she's like, and you know, I've got a really large cock. So I let myself look and I'm like, wow, that, that is large. And she's like, so I'm going to be finishing you off, but we're going to have other people with smaller cocks start you off. I'm like, great, let's go. So uh, Andy and I are standing there still kind of dressed and Sarge is like, why are you still wearing clothes? And like in two seconds, we like have our clothes off, despite the fact that we were like talking about Donald ducking it. We just like, we're like, oh yeah, we take our clothes off. We get on the bed. We're like in position. The Hitachis come out, they turn them on, and my body, like, I, I mean, I love a Hitachi. I hear you. And um, I hear the vibration, and my body's already like, oh, I know what's going to happen here. And they put them on us, and I'm just like, ooh, my whole body is, like, vibrating with the energy of this 
all these people in the room because there were the people that were fucking us. There were the support people. It's a pretty small hotel room, a standard size hotel room. So it feels like a lot of people. And the Hitachi's on me and I'm, my body is just vibrating and I'm starting to have like low grade rolling orgasms because I'm really lucky to have one of those bodies that just gets into like a roll and then has peaks and valleys as I go. And I'm kissing Andy and Sarge is like, wait a minute, I thought we were going to tie you up. And I'm like, oh God, that would really help. So she's like, how do you want to do it? So I pull out this bondage belt and I'm like, will you put this bondage belt on me? She's like, how do you do it? So I have to show her, like you take the belt and there's these two O-rings and you slide the belt through the O-rings and you can make actual wrist cuffs with it. So there I am naked on my bed explaining somebody how to tie me up with my own belt. She does it and like we keep going again and I'm in a better place because I'm like, okay, like I was a little worried about the fucking but now I'm tied up and I'm good for it. And um, yeah, so the woman with a smaller cock that's going to start me off approaches and she like, you know, gets in there, spreads my legs, puts her cock inside me. And Andy is getting going with Jay and we're kissing and I can tell she's having a little bit of like a whoa, what's going on moment. And But I'm already starting to come. I'm like having small orgasms like with the Hitachi on my clitoris and um, with the you know penetration happening and a little bit of time passes and I kind of make eye contact with Sarge and she's like I think Leland's ready for a bigger cock <laughs> I'm like thank you so they switch out the girls and I have a larger cock and I'm getting like a little bit louder and I'm like oh this is really good for me and uh, Andy's getting fucked too. And then, you know, after a little bit of that, Sarge is like, I think she's ready for me. So Sarge comes in with a giant cock. And now I'm like, well, all these people are here to celebrate sex. I'm not going to censor myself. I'm just going to be as loud as I am. And I can be very loud. So I start making really loud orgasm noises. And I hear Andy in the background say, sir, may I come? Like very quietly. And I'm, I'm like, no, like give me a minute. So I'm coming and I'm coming. And everybody's like, yeah. And she's like, sir, may I come? And I'm like, no. And, and so I come like really hard. And then she finally like says it with more urgency. And I realize, okay, she really needs to. But I kind of want to play with her a little bit more. But I'm also in this really submissive space. So I say to her, please beg me. <laughs> and everybody laughs because that's a ridiculous thing to say. <laughs> but she starts begging me and it's making me come harder because I think it's really hot when people beg to orgasm. So I'm coming super hard and finally I yell out, yes, you can come and we're coming together and there's this huge crescendo and liquids flying and it's just overwhelming and beautiful and all of a sudden I'm like whoa 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 okay I'm good like I am getting to the point of being oversensitive thank you Sarge please ship out and <laughs> she <laughs> she complies very you know she understands she knows what it's all about she kind of pulls out and, and I kind of have her untie me and I'm like processing it a second and I'm like, okay, like Andy still has more to go because we're both multi-orgasmic and I've been keeping track of her, her reactions and I know there's more there. So um, I turn over and everybody's attention is on her and Jay and Jay takes the opportunity to flip her over onto her all fours. So she's pounding her from behind, which of course we all know is super hot. 
And man, she is really taking like a good fucking and it's really hot. And so she comes super hard and um, the sex at that point is like, you know, it's climax, like all the things have happened and Jay pulls out and we're all disheveled and uh, the girls that have been fucking us kind of scurry off to the bathroom to get cleaned up a little bit. And Andy and I are like, whoo, you know, what just happened? And we're like naked on the bed, like sprawled out. And they come back and Sarge is like, you guys did such a good job. And all the girls are like, that was so much fun. And they're like, wow, Leland's orgasms. And wow, Andy's cute butt. And like everybody's all happy. And they give us buttons that are like the size of a large cookie. And they have the Gangbang Girls logo on them. And mine says slut hole. And Andy's says fuck toy. And we're like so proud that we earned these buttons. <laughs> Thank you. So the girls all kind of give us hugs and we're like, I mean, what do you say after a gangbang? It's nice to meet you, I guess. And, and they like leave as fast as they came in. And, and Andy and I are just like, oh my God, that happened. That was amazing. I couldn't have ever imagined it would have been so cool because they just like know what they're doing, you know? And Andy said to me, you know, that was so much fun. It was so much better than I thought it would be. I'm so grateful that you organized that because I never would have asked for that for myself. I never would have put myself out there that way. And I kind of had a moment where I was thinking, you know, I'm really grateful too because I'm part of this community where this kind of thing is possible. And if I hadn't had the opportunity to write that article and get to know them a little bit, I probably wouldn't have put myself out there for that either. So I just wanted to offer to all of you tonight that are listening to this story, if you need permission to put yourself out there for some kind of amazing sexual experience, please take this as permission. She asked me, please oh. Doesn't make me play too long Till she's dancing on my tongue And when she's done She shows me how she got them wings <laughs> She looks just like a guy Baby, call me Kathleen She fought just like a guy Fit up on your Find a single plug And she's holographic Keeps stringing me along I need no religion When you forget like a She's been calling me Go wash your paws before you tell me what I already know I'm homo is because she flushes like a boy Baby, call me Kathleen She looks just like a boy Love it up on yours I got you guys a more She said she's telepathic He's stringing me along I need no 
That song was Religion by Zand. Well, I've just had a conversation with my venue here in San Francisco. And when I, when I started talking about 2023, I was abruptly hit with the information that my venue costs are going to go up astronomically next year. I mean, so much. It's obvious I'm going to have to do less shows. And I'm going to have to figure some stuff out. In addition to that, I am discovering that I have to buy a lot of new equipment. If I'm going to want to start live streaming these shows, especially if I live stream shows on the road, I have to buy a new video camera, I have to buy live stream equipment, and all of the big costs are coming in at the same time that expenses are rising. And I don't know how I'm going to do this, guys. So I really need you to support me on Patreon if you possibly can. I want to figure out how to buy the equipment so that I can not just ask you to fly into a city that I'm in so that I can live stream this show so you can watch it wherever you are. That just makes sense, right? But it's going to take an investment. And that means that I have to buy a lot of equipment. I am right now working with a technician to try and figure out what equipment I need to buy. And it's looking like a sizable list. And <laughs> at the same time, I'm looking at less shows and figuring out where to take the show, which means more travel costs and more expenses. So yeah, I'm kind of floundering. I'm trying to figure out how I make a lot of changes and what's next. So when you hear me talk about, I don't want to go away, this is part of it. It's not just me being dramatic, it's me being real. I have to buy new equipment. My video camera is over 10 years old. And if you've watched the live stream, you notice that it needs an upgrade. And I'm gonna do it. But it's not the only thing that needs to be upgraded. I need a new computer to run the live stream. I need a lot more stuff. And I'm gonna do it as economically as I can but it's equipment that I have to buy. And I have to hire technicians to run that equipment. I have to buy better podcasting equipment. One of my pieces of podcasting equipment is on the verge of dying right now. So anything you can do to support Body at this time, if you want to make an individual donation, if Patreon's not your jam, I totally understand it. But I need to ask you for that help. Either go to patreon.com slash body, support at whatever level you can. One of the great things is you get a free live stream ticket every month if you support us at the $10 a month level or higher. Or you can support us on Venmo, on Cash App, on, what's the other one, PayPal, any of those places for body storytelling. Every little bit helps. I really appreciate you listening to this episode. I'd love to know what you think about it. If you could write a review wherever you listen to podcasts, that would mean a fuck ton to me. Give it stars. Words are better. And tell people. I mean, that's how people find podcasts. And thank you for this. 
Thank you for considering that. And thank you to the people who make this podcast possible. Thank you to David Grossoff, Tamosa Maxwell-Smith, Donald Mooney, Tom McKenzie, Ruben Tan, and podcast producer Roman Den Haldeker. I'm sexual folklorist Dixie Delator. This has been episode 244 of the Body Storytelling Podcast. I mean it. Thanks for listening. I've been